the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On the NASDAQ at S-A-L-M. The Economy, Technology, Media, and Entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader. 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? What do you want to talk about? What are you thinking about? You still watching the bowl games? Still excited? I understand that. Much to talk about today. Um, First and foremost, let's kick off with some stock market numbers. We have banks doing well. That's always a good sign. Citigroup up 1.69%. S&P 500 up two points. The Dow up seven points. NASDAQ down two points. We had a good year last year. Financials had a good year. We need financials to lead the market. You can say what you will about tech. You can say what you will about retail. But for me, I'm looking at uh, the best times, the worst times, just eh, the average times. I want to see banks doing well. If banks are doing well, stock-wise, it tells you that they're lending money. If they're lending money, it tells you that businesses are being formed, relationships are being made, and I like seeing that kind of action. What else do we have to talk uh, about today? I think we could talk a little bit about yesterday, and we could talk a little bit about today. Stocks weren't the big story on Thursday. Treasuries were. So talking about the stock market every day, sometimes you miss the point. Longer data maturities got clipped pretty good. The 10-year Treasury note dropped 18 ticks, while the 30-year bond dropped more than a point. Most reports attribute that basically to acknowledgement from the Federal Reserve minutes. Several others thought it would probably be appropriate to slow or stop purchases well before the end of 2013, citing concerns about financial stability and the overall size of the balance sheet going on with the Federal Reserve, i.e. our Federal Reserve is buying our debt. Pretty sweet, huh? It's almost like your mom and dad are buying all your credit card debt, and they're, now they have your credit card debt. Someone still has to pay for that, that darn debt. So, or someone has to get paid on that darn debt is another way of looking at it. So, 10-year treasury hit 1.92%. Time to lock in your mortgage if you think it's going to continue to tick lower. Bonds are interesting. When you say tick lower, 1.9 becomes 2 so right now we sit at 1.92% on the 10-year treasury. And honestly, I think you buy stocks as long as the 10-year treasury is under 3.5%. I think you accumulate wealth. I think if you take a look at the last three years, clearly that's been very supportive of what I'm trying to say. Um, last time we were at 35 4%. 4% was back in 2009. We've had big stock markets ever since. We've dipped under 4%. Now, again, that's one of my rules of thumb, and, you know, 
Lordy knows that you can't live off rules of thumb forever, but it's been pretty good to me in my career as an investor. I know. Say it slowly. Buy stocks in the 10-year treasury. It's under 4%, 3.5%. You buy more, 3%. You buy even more. So I'm still buying stocks. Can't get my yield off bonds unless I go high-quality corporate. I'd rather buy a stock with a good dividend than a good bond. Most reports attributing yesterday's losses, again, to the Fed basically saying that they're going to take away the punch bowl. Mom and dad are going to stop buying our debt. The business media, I think, is jumping to some faulty conclusions with this. You know, suggesting it's the first shot across the bow that the Fed's going to be pulling back. I'm pretty confident Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, Vice Chairman Yellen, New York President Dudley weren't amongst the several others who are starting to see the time to start raising the interest rates. Less than a month ago, the Fed, with the exception of one member, voted to expand the Fed's asset purchase program less than a month ago. So I don't think they're going to reverse policy that fast. Two of the new members coming in are incredibly dovish. Two of the members going out are incredibly hawkish. So I think you're going to see this quantitative easing continue for a while. Maybe not 2015, but at least, at least until unemployment gets down to 6, 8, 6.5%. Fiscal drag on the economy is going to be, is going to retard, ultimately, the pace of improvement in the job market. Higher taxes, are going to, it's going to retard what we see. I mean, again, if you think that Obama won with the fiscal cliff argument so far, he lost aggressively. He's already said there's new more taxes. He's already given up his tax debate. He gave it. He signed it. And he's already said, whoops, there's new more taxes. It's over for now. Republicans aren't going back to that table anytime soon. We didn't go back to the Clinton era tax levels. And I think most Americans are pretty happy by that. With that said, you know, the reinstatement of the employment tax the paycheck tax, the Social Security tax, whatever you want to call it, from that 4% level, the 3.5% level to the 5% level, that 2% move basically means that Americans are going to have less in their paycheck. All Americans who have a paycheck. And that should drag the economy a little bit, right? Because we don't think the government spends taxes terribly well. With that said, you know one thing that's going to help this economy enormously Hurricane Sandy Duncan, brought to you by Wheat Thins. When it finally gets around to a bailout package, you're going to see a lot of economic activity. So I don't agree with the media saying, you know, this is the beginning of the end for the Fed as far as giving free money, as far as buying debt, as far as low interest rates. I do think that this year looks better employment-wise than last year, and I think that should tick up the 10-year Treasury a bit. I think it was artificially low. I think the December employment situation report that we saw this morning coming in at 7.8%, which was unchanged from November, it took into account two seasonal adjustment factors. You know, it's good. It's not great. 7.8% is way too high in America. Private sector payrolls jumped by 168,000 in December, which is higher than expectations. Construction industry added 30,000 new jobs. With rebuilding efforts, thank you, Hurricane Sandy Duncan. Average work week picked up to 34 and a half hours. 
from 34.4. Hourly earnings rose three-tenths of a percent. Long-term unemployed workers is part of the statistic, i.e. you've been unemployed for over 27 weeks. They count for 39.1% of the unemployed versus 40% in November. So the discouraged workers, they stand at 14.4%. So stable job growth is nice, but it doesn't really make a meaningful dent in the unemployment rate. It's a very Goldilocksian kind of day, and I hate saying that because you think I don't have an opinion. I do have an opinion. I do. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. We've got plenty to talk about today. I don't think there's any shortage of stories. Barnes & Noble holiday nook sales falter amidst tablet competition. You know, one day the, the e-reader that's the dedicated e-reader is going to be like a dodo bird. It'll be gone and away with. We've got two months of contention between Republicans and Democrats. It hasn't been this bitterly divided in our nation since the 1930s. So it's going to be have some headline risk. There's no doubt about it. Valuation-wise, I like the markets. Coming up. Financial planning tips. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. We've got NASDAQ little changed. It is down by one point. And that's a Bloomberg... Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. And a bit of sad news Spin Magazine has stopped printing. After 27 years, Spin ended its print publication last month. It joins Newsweek and Smart Money, which also decided to end their print editions last year. Companies struggled financially over the past few years, being passed off from company to company since 2006. It's a humbling come down, in my opinion, for a publication that once rocked the world. It was an alternative for Rolling Stone. They featured artists like Nirvana and PJ Harvey when more mainstream magazines failed to acknowledge them. It essentially defined the grunge era of the 1990s. Rest in peace, Spin Magazine. Rest in peace. Got the SP 500 up two, the Dow up 16, the NASDAQ down four. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton of NewFocusFinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. That's what he does for a living. Chad, one of the products out there, and Wall Street's products, whether you think of it as products or not, it is. Stock's a product. Mutual fund's a product. There's a commission involved, an exchange of money. But one of the products out there are are annuities. Mm -hmm. And annuities have some promises to them because they're insurance companies, but they also have some investments to them because they're investment products as well. 
Yeah, and you know, I know a lot about annuities because when I got into the business, I got in, um, started working with my grandfather. He worked at banks for years selling annuities and mutual funds, and back then, annuities were a very attractive product because capital gains taxes were at 27%, right? So anytime you changed an investment, you'd get nailed with taxes, so deferring that in an annuity made a lot of sense. Well, deferring that in an annuity these days when capital gains taxes are at 15% or even 20 if they go up to 20% next year, they're just not as attractive because the fees in variable annuities are usually 1.5% to 3% higher than just buying a mutual fund directly. So the higher fees eat up all of the tax incentives that you get for doing it these days. And unfortunately, it, it ends up being one of the hottest selling products out there when there's a lot of market fear because they offer certain bells and whistles, which you really end up paying for. And do you need those bells and whistles? To me, an investment is 20 to 40 years, minimum five. Yeah. So 99% of people know. Um, so in a, in, first of all, there's no-load variable annuity products, and I've right. used, I use a couple of them because okay. they're pretty good. They're great bond alternatives, and I'll talk about that maybe in a minute if we have time. But... But the benefits that you don't really need, first of all, what the company usually says is that, let's say you put in $100,000 and the market tanks 50% and you die. Okay. And the, the account's worth 50. Your heirs will get the original $100,000. But they charge like 1.5% a year for that death benefit, right? For a $50,000 death benefit. 1.5% on hundred grand is $1,500. You could probably buy $500,000 of life insurance for that. So the only person that would want that is if... You're scared of the market, you know you're going to die in the next couple of years, and you want a death benefit for your heirs, then you might buy a variable annuity that has a death benefit guarantee. But again, you're also looking at a low-cost variable annuity. And the problem with variable annuities is most of them are sold by insurance guys who don't really know about investments because they know about insurance. So there are a couple good no-load variable annuities. You know a variable annuity is bad if, number one, it ties up your money for a period of time. So if it ties up your money for over a year... It's a loaded product. Somebody's getting a commission. Big right? commission. Not yeah. just a small commission. Big commission. If the internal fees are you know, approaching that 2% range, you know it's a big loaded product. And, and the sales pitches are really good because the person selling it to you makes usually 5 to 7% on what you put in. So $100,000 is a $7,000 commission. And they could go as high as 9%. Right. And they, they, they act like they're going to help you manage your money because usually inside these things, there's 30 different investment choices that look like mutual funds. And they set you up initially, and then you never hear from them again because they're looking for the next you to sell to. So the other benefit that is out there that people are buying most of now is the lifetime guarantee benefit. Okay. And unfortunately, people think that their principal is guaranteed. All that the insurance companies are doing is saying that if you put in $100,000, we'll guarantee that we'll pay out at, you know, 4 or 5% a year for the rest of your life no matter what the market does. Okay? Um, But... The problem is, is that on the high-fee ones, you end up paying for that in the long run because they, they, the way that the fees are structured, it ends up eating in so much to the principal value that you end up behind the game in 10 years. Some of the no-load products, though, that are out there that offer 55 to 6% for the rest of your life no matter what the market does, and they have lower fees, like around the 1.6% range, it's a decent bond alternative for part of your IRA account. But only until bonds are... are you know, get to that 5 to 6% yield range. So let's say in three years you want to just buy the bonds directly, you're, you're going to want to be able to get out of the variable annuity. But, Rob, with, with all that said, it is a good idea to have at least 20% of your income coming from in retirement some sort of a guaranteed source outside of Social Security. Okay. So that's why I am using some no-load 
uh, annuities that guarantee income for life for you know maybe 5 to 20% of a portfolio, depending on the situation, but they're no-load products so that if I want to leave in two years, I can get my client out of them without any additional costs. Good stuff. Anything else that we need to know about? Um, younger people, it's just, you know, there's really not a lot of need for younger people to save in variable annuities. The way that you structure it is, is that you buy low-cost, low-turnover total stock market and index funds in your taxable accounts, and you know, you're balanced, you're international, you're small cap, and your retirement accounts, and you'll essentially get a lot of tax deferral that way anyway. So don't, younger people shouldn't be paying for the higher fees and variable annuities at all. Fixed annuities, they're great products when interest rates are like six, seven, eight percent, but they're not at six, seven, eight percent right now. No, it's it's you get you run too much risk because most of the time fixed annuities will tie your money up for three to five years, like in a like a CD. Yeah, and they're, but they're not guaranteed by the FDIC; they're guaranteed by the insurance company offering them. So um, you can look at them though when yeah rates are higher and they're coming down. Um, they're they're again a good bond or a cash alternative if you're getting them from higher rated insurance companies and if they're only like three to five years long and you know you don't need the money for that period of time. Sounds good. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and he is a certified financial planner. And I'm Rob Black. You can find me Twitter Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Subscribe to it, please. As I build subscribers, I build notoriety, and I become infamous, and that's important. Uh, you can find me also online at robblack.com. New website coming probably in the next month. Um, what else do I need to tell you? Transocean is going to pay $1.4 billion in a fine for the Gulf oil spill. I wish it were more. I was saddened to see all those dolphins covered in oil. It just tore up my heart. It broke me. So Transocean, the drilling company that owned the oil rill, implicated in the catastrophic Deepwater Horizon oil well in the Gulf of Mexico, pleading guilty to violating the oil. And they're going to pay $1.4 billion in a fine. Now, with that said, good news or bad news for the stock? Good news. Stock's up 6%. It makes almost no sense. If the glove does not fit, you must quit. Right? You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Call Rob Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. For instance... Spin Magazine stops their printing. I've already mentioned this once, but it's worth mentioning again that the Internet is a massive creative destructor. I love creative destruction. I revel in it. Alabama gets a modern uniform upgrade for the BCS championship game. Did anyone see the one-point safety in the Oregon game last night? Pretty surreal to see. Pretty surreal to see. A one-point safety. Who knew it could happen? And good for the Ducks. Here's where I fall in the uh, world of Stanford, UCLA, USC, 
Uh, I'm a California guy for 99% of the season, but the bowl games, I always pull for the Pac-12. University of Alabama has one of the most storied programs in college football, and their uniform is a classic. Classic Bear Bryant. Classic old school. But Nike's trying to leave its mark on the BCS championship game, giving the Crimson Tide a makeover on their uniform. Pretty aggressive. It's interesting to see how these uniforms are received by Alabama fans who, let's put it this way, not a lot has changed, according to Darwin, in the last 2,000 years from Alabama. Not a lot of teeth. How will they take the nice modern look while still maintaining traditional elements? So it's kind of cool to see. It's got a very warrior-esque cut to it. Uh, The helmet, very, very, very impressive. That's one of the reasons I like companies like Nike. Man, I want the new Alabama shirt. Jersey, excuse me. I could already see day after the BCS game, after Alabama destroys Notre Dame, I could already see, uh, well, Nick Saban jumped back to the NFL, but on top of that, I could already see kids across Alabama wanting the new jerseys. They continue to come up with the product that we want. LeBron, you know, flying shoe. Man, I went to flying shoe. But you just got the LeBron X. Man. So they make stuff that we want. Apple makes stuff that we want. I work with a guy here at Cron named Mark Dannon. I'm so tired of him. I love him, but I'm tired of him. He uh, tries to bait me because... A, he knows I own shares of Apple, but B, he's just, he tries to bait me. Goes. So he sends me a three sets of topics for this morning's morning hit. I do a hit at 6.45 on Channel 4 Cron. It says, let's talk jobs report. Let's talk Google avoiding Google uh, government antitrust. And let's talk Apple stock down 24% since mid-September. Okay. How about we talk Apple was up 31% last year when the markets were up 15%. How about we start there? Right? Or the year before, it was up 29%. Usain Bolt, a sprinter, has to slow down at some time. Stocks go from you and me start a company. Year one, we lose money. Year two, we make break even. Year three, we make money. Year four, we go to six figures. Year five, we go to mid-six figures. Year seven, we go to seven figures and sell. At some point in time, our company would slow down, right? You can't grow like that forever. Plus, of course, you make some sort of like miracle product like uh, the Willy Wonka uh, chew bar. And you're saying, what are you talking about? Well, I got distracted. So Apple stock down 24%. I'd still rather own Apple than the quote-unquote S&P 500 this year, in large part because it's got a cheaper valuation. Keep in mind that Apple is part of the S&P 500. So sometimes you can have your cake and eat it too. I prefer pie. Cakes just don't do it for me anymore. Oh, I digress. So 10 housing markets that have turned around pretty aggressively last year. Let's see if you live in any of them and or care or can predict. Year-over-year housing prices were up 5.1%. So the top 10 big markets, and defining big is a little bit tough, you know, certainly you don't want to go as small as a town. You want to go more of a city. But Tacoma, Washington, up 17.7%. Not too shabby. 
Change in price year over year from December 2010 to December 2011 down 13.7. It was up 4% a year later. Then it was up 17%. So that's worthy of note. That's nice. Fresno, California makes a list up 17.7%. At the end of 2010, it was down 8.7%. Sacramento, California has bounced back nicely. As has Atlanta, Georgia. As has Salt Lake City. As has San Jose, California. Oakland, California, big winner, up 21% year-over-year. Phoenix, Arizona, up 21% year-over-year. Seattle, Washington, up 24%. Las Vegas, up 27%. Keep in mind, it's still 50% off its all-time highs, as many of these markets are still off their all-time highs. But again, it shows you, we as a society, we as a society see only what we want to see. Goes back to Mark Dannon. Apple's down 24%. Who buys a stock at an all-time high? Very, very few people do. So for the majority of Apple owners, they're up aggressively. For the short-term Apple holders, yeah, they're down pretty aggressively. Super Bowl ad hits $4 million for a 30-second spot, hitting a record. That's stunning. 30 seconds, $4 million. What if you blow it? Someone's going to get fired, right? CBS Sports is broadcasting this year's Super Bowl, which going to go out on a limb. I'll say Packers. Packers against, it's tough to say, the Patriots. It's tough not to say Denver. I'm going to go to Denver. I'm going to go, the, the. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to go. So the $4 million price tag beats last year's record of $3.5 million. The big football game is going to take place February 3rd in New Orleans. They're not sold out, believe it or not. Some of the uh, highlights, if we can call them highlights. Uh, This year, Maxim Magazine's number one, Bar Raffaele, who I believe knows of me. Okay, maybe she doesn't. But if anyone could hook me up with that, holy mackerel. Right? Um, she's going to be the GoDaddy girl, which I was a little tired of the Danica Patrick thing. That played out, didn't it? So, not, I, I don't really enjoy looking at beautiful women flaunting their bodies on television. It doesn't work for me. Other stories of note today. Look at this. It's kind of nice to see. Welcome to the 21st century, men and women. New Hampshire's all-female congressional delegation, the first in history, cracking the marble ceiling. With a swearing-in yesterday, two women House members, Carol Shea Porter and Ann Cooster, both Democrats, they've become the first all-woman congressional delegation from a state. I like seeing that. I hate that I have to use the phrase, we're making progress, 20 and counting, 20 women senators, but we're making progress. I wish we didn't live in the day and age where I, that's the story, but I guess it is. Gap is betting a ton of money on Intermix. I barely hit the story yesterday. But Gap Stores, which has actually done a pretty darn good job turning around, and they've done it very, very quietly. They own Banana Republic. They own Old Navy. They own Gap. They own Piperlime. 
which is a affordable but trendy boutique. They own fitness chain Athleta, which is trying to go after Lululemon. So they're picking up Intermix, and Intermix has got some great e-commerce uh, plays tied towards it. But even more importantly, it's a fashion boutique that has a lot of high-end gear. So $1,500 Hervé Legard dresses. So Gap is America's largest retailer. It sells basics at affordable prices. Intermix is a small specialty chain that stocks items that the average American could not afford. It would take Kim Kardashian and her baby daddy, Kanye West, to be able to afford a $1,500 dress. I don't know if I've ever seen a $1,500 dress other than a wedding dress. I probably have, right? I'm not sure if I have, but I probably have. Hmm. Now it's a quandary for me. So gold plunged over 3% yesterday after the release of the Fed Minutes, which revealed that several members of the Fed want to end quantitative easing three by the end of 2013. I would be very, very watchful of gold. With that said, no one really thinks the Fed's going to end their quantitative easing, which thus may create a buying opportunity. I don't know. When you're trying to get someone to like you, keep people in suspense. People love suspense. When you're trying to get people to like you, create a little temptation. People love temptation. You know, show people a glimpse of pleasures of your life. As the serpent tempted Eve with the promise of forbidden knowledge, you got to do that with the friends in your life that you want to become better friends with. As the snake in the jungle book once said, Trust me. Albert Einstein hair. Will it ever come back in fashion? I certainly hope so. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tweet me. My handle's Rob Black Show. Follow me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about on this very show. Hmm. So much to talk about, actually. Let's take a look at what's working. December non-farm payrolls, 155,000. Expectations were for about 150. Farming's just not that big of a part of our economy. That's one of the reasons you don't include farming payrolls. And farming payrolls can be sometimes fishy with who's actually employed and who's actually not. Who's paying taxes and who's not. Non-farm private payrolls, 168,000. Expectations for 145,000. Non-farm private. So that's private versus government. You would much rather see private jobs created than government jobs. 
government jobs have the eh tied towards being, uh, I don't know, what's the right way of saying this? They've got the negative of our taxes pay for them, right? So there's a negative there. So you'd rather see the private jobs. Like, hey, you and me come up with a business idea. Let's sell lipstick that doesn't smear. Online, we'll call it smearless stick. You and I go out and we buy routers and we buy computers and we buy postage. And, you know, the post office makes a little bit more money. They don't have to fire someone. That guy goes out and he spends money on vacation, drinks beer. Beer companies make a little bit more money. You get the idea. So private jobs are much, much more important, in my opinion, than public service jobs. Now, again, do we need the public service jobs? I think we got too many of them, to be quite honest with you. I know you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. As long as I got mine. Don't take it away from me. I got my sweet government job. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's go to a quick email. Um, see if anything interesting has come in recently. Okay, a guy named Joe sends me an email, and he goes, Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. I saw this on Bloomberg TV and was curious your thoughts. His thought, he's already telling me what I should think, is that if you put 100,000 monkeys in a room and one monkey will be a godlike investor due simply to the law of numbers. His website post a CPA firm auditing his account is valid. This guy turned $20,000 into $2 million. You can too. If that's true, why is he buying advertising on Bloomberg? If I could turn 20000 into $2 million pretty regularly and consistently, I would have a small island. With many small people, I'm 6'2", maybe I'm 6'1 and a half, 6'1 and three quarters. Like, what am I, 14 years old? I love walking into a room and being one of the tallest guys. I hate walking. Like, there's a place in the uh, San Francisco called the Marina, where if you go in the Marina Safeway, back in 2000, it was all valedictorians. I mean, it was rock and roll. It was Camelot. It was the time of our lives. Dot-com money going left, dot-com money going right. And it attracted a lot of smart people. So if you went in, these were the genetic perfections of life. Now keep in mind, I like the genetic imperfections, as is the story of the TV show Fringe, is the savior of the universe is the perfect who's not perfect, the person who's not perfect. The imperfections is what make us wonderful. So, I know, you're saying you already saw the last episode? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's good to be me. Okay, 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 okay. Um, where was I? Okay, um, okay, so height is something that I absolutely adore. I like being tall. I probably couldn't date a six foot five woman. It would freak me out. I probably couldn't be best friends with a six foot six guy. Probably would freak me out. Okay, fair? Am I being fair? I'm being fair. So if this guy could turn 20,000 into 2 million, why would he buy a commercial on Bloomberg? Honestly, think about it for just a second. Look, I'm altruistic, but I'm doing a lot of what I do because I've got emotional issues tied towards a a crappy childhood. Not a crappy childhood, just not a fulfilling childhood. (sighs) Um, I would have a small island with small people. My own basketball league where I would star in. Um, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably make marriage legal to like... 30 people. 
or maybe an outlaw marriage. I don't know. I don't know. But I certainly wouldn't be buying a commercial on Bloomberg. I certainly wouldn't be sharing my secret because my $2 million becomes devalued to your crappy $20,000. If everyone has $2 million, I don't really have that much. So I don't believe it. I cry BS. I cry BS. And if you want to try it, try it. And that only makes my money worth more than your lost money. and makes me more attractive. And maybe I do attain my island and my basketball league and my 100-plus wives. <sighs> For the record, cool down, people. I don't really want to have 100-plus wives. Maybe 90. Maybe 60. Some people actually take me seriously. Now, again... This is infotainment. There is a lot of smart content going out. U.S. service firms grow by the most in 10 months. There's a great TV show called Twin Peaks, one of the greatest of all time. And the, the great line in it was, that's a damn fine cup of joe. And I think Americans love coffee. But I think all Americans, even those who don't love coffee, can appreciate that line, that's a damn fine cup of toe. To see U.S. service firms grow by the most in 10 months, that's a damn fine good number. Like, that helps our economy. I give that a thumbs up. I, if I had three thumbs, I'd give it three thumbs up. But I only have one thumb. Oh, I got a blister. No, I don't have a blister. Um, what's it called? Oh, a splinter. Okay, that's all I got for you. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, Kron, K-R-O-N, Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. I just posted a video, in fact, for my morning hit where I argued with Mark Dannon. Go watch it. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Your smile, just as you would invest in a guest by Rob Black and his guests, are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. What's going on in your portfolio? What are you thinking about Wall Street? I'd always love to hear your opinions. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Call the show. Don't be chicken. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. I'll be nice to you. I promise. Trust me. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. That's the 
rule book that I play by. Um, first and foremost, what we're seeing working on Wall Street today are the big headlines that are coming out. December non-farm payrolls, 155,000, better than expected. Non-farm private payrolls, 168,000, better than expected. Unemployment rate, 7.8%. Kind of wish that number was a little lower. Hours, hourly earnings up nice, good. Average work week in line with expectations. Average American works 34 and a half actual hours. Apple big loser today. Apple suppliers are declining as well. Broadcom, Sears Logic, Skyworks, Qualcomm are all down. Relative weakness follows cautious comments from Deutsche Bank's Japan team, which expects a large tech company to report a disappointing end of year sales. Interesting, right? What's your opinion on this angle? Fiscal cliff deal raises taxes on 77% of Americans. Did you think that's what was going to happen? More than three in four Americans will pay higher taxes in 2013. Over 70, 70, 77, <laughs> 70, 70. Hey, I, I, I patented that. Don't steal it from me. Over 77% of filers will pay more. Average increase for the average filer, up 1257 bucks. Those making less than 10000 a year will pay $68 more in federal taxes. Can you imagine making less than $10,000 a year and trying to pay bills? And then the government saying, oh, by the way, you owe us $68 more. Those making between fifty and 75000 will see an $822 jump. Those paying making over $1 million, we'll see $170,000 spike on average. The ending of the payroll tax break will have the broadest reach with most of the nation's, uh, broadest, with most of the nation's 160 million workers you know, seeing their paychecks getting garnished a little bit more. We were paying 4.2%, now we'll be paying 6.2%. This means that those who earn under 30000 will get a $50 month less in their paychecks. Those making 113000 will see $189 less each month. And that's why a lot of people think the Republicans won as far as tax increases go. Because you can see $50 to a $30,000 income is a lot higher percentage than, 100, than $189 to 113000 The big losers are the people who do make over 400000 and people who pay AMT, alternative minimum tax, which is basically most Californians, uh, as those numbers will continue to shift down. Joint filers making more than 300000 or single taxpayers earning more than 250 will see their exemptions and itemized deductions limited. And well-off taxpayers will pay an extra 9 tenths percent more on their family income above 250000 for couples or 200000 for singles. Some will pay 3.8% extra on investment income. The big winners, retirees, the unemployed, the disabled, the rich who don't work. 77% of Americans see higher taxes. How do you feel about that, Joe? Or do you feel about it? Or why don't you feel about it may be the right question. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got an email. 
Um, this person says, I manage my finances. A rollover IRA, 28000 And he also manages, his, well, actually he's saying that he manages his fiancés. Rollover IRA, 28000 Roth IRA, 8000 She's 28. We try to contribute the max $5,000 a year to an IRA. First and foremost, if you can do a 401k or a 403b at work, do. I highly prefer that in large part because you're not paying federal taxes. So any money that goes into an IRA is post-tax. Oh, I got a splinter I got to work on. He says, I want to asset allocate appropriately and diversify. You know, there's good quality starting points in some of the things that you say in the past. Schwab funds are typically no load and no fee. She'll contribute a lump sum of 5000 to Roth each year. Are you better... Is one of these better than the others? Okay. First and foremost, I don't follow Schwab Mutual Funds, so I'm useless in that. What you can do is you can categorize it if you want. We can use a website like Morningstar.com to analyze the funds and see, like, for instance, Schwab Core Equity Investments. I don't have time to go through 100 positions, right? So is that 20% tech? And then you buy a tech fund, so you know suddenly you're way overweighted tech. Um, you really got to run this through software that could scan it for you. And like I said, Morningstar's got a wonderful tool that can do that for you. It's called the X-Ray. And Morningstar is not cheap. You can get a two-week free trial. I suggest that as a starter. Running your portfolio through an X-Ray scanner. So you can see if you're, you know, a lot of international, a lot of domestic, a lot of small cap, a lot of tech, a lot of Apple. It's going to take you about 20 to 40 minutes to input your data. Most. It's going to eat up some of your weekend. I don't know if you want to go hiking or biking this weekend. That's not the weekend to do it. It's going to take you a little time to get your paperwork together. It's going to take you a little time to punch it in. It's going to take you a little time to print it. But that's what I would do. Um, you know, Schwab has this way of, way of having it punch in the data, and I, I like Schwab; they're fine. I prefer TD Ameritrade or Fidelity. But when you punch in your funds, it'll show you things like you're fifty percent large cap, you're twenty percent small cap, you're twenty five percent international, zero percent fixed income, cash five percent, other at zero percent. Those are pretty wacky numbers. Where's the mid-cap? Where's the income? I don't truly believe that that looks like a real hard scan of the portfolio. To me, that looks a little bit too simple. Um, hmm. Someone just sent me a message. Hey, Rob, is Chad there? Which is a tip of the hat. One of the worst callers of all time, Mr. Dumas. What else do we got for you today? Mobile ad spending is forecast to increase four times over the next four years. You've got to put some money in front of that. Who are going to be the beneficiaries? Great Google and Amoogula. Google, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Yahoo. Who's the cheapest out of those five? Apple. Can they leverage their positions? That's a good question. North America has a region of 47% of the $8.4 billion spent in 2012. 
quadrupling four times over the next four years. Our economy may be growing at 1-2%. Mobile ad spending growing at four times. You're Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Chad is gone, I guess. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can drop me an email. I can't always answer your email questions. Because sometimes things are wickedly out of perspective. And uh, I don't know your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your sugar bugger. You know, the worst thing, like, for instance, I don't prepay my mortgage. I don't believe it's the right thing to do. I think it's a stupid thing to do. I think it's financially retarding your growth. I think you lose money that you prepay. Money doesn't readjust for inflation. A mortgage money doesn't readjust for inflation. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay off your mortgage. I think over 30 years, it's a beautiful thing. I think you should take money out of your mortgage on a regular basis. If you could afford it, not everyone could do that. Not everyone has financial savvy. Some people take money out of a mortgage, and they'll just go, I'm going to go buy a, a oceanfront property in Antarctica. It's the next big thing. Because it's getting hotter in the Bay Area, and then it gets hotter in Portland, and it gets hotter in Seattle, and eventually it's going to get hot in Antarctica, and it's going to be great beachfront property, right? Some people do stupid stuff with money. I can't stop people from doing stupid stuff, so I can't always give good financial advice. Out of of context, it's impossible. That's why it's important to work with a financial planner that you trust. It's important to find a financial planner that can get to know you. S&P 500 up two, the Dow up five, the Nasdaq down three. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. Let's talk retirement planning mistakes. There's many. There's a veritable plethora of them. Thoughts? Yes. It's, we, we've talked about retiring without a plan, using old rules of thumb, and using bad assumptions. Right. And, and you know, part of that, it, part of what leads to bad assumptions is when people retire without a detailed budget where you've got to list all of your expenses, you've got to list all of your desires in terms of vacation, in terms of gifting to the kids, in terms of charities, um, all the things that you want to do, the clubs, the resorts, all that kind of stuff. You've got to detail that out. And then you've got to say, oh, by the way, where's my money going to come from? Which dollar is going to come from which account and how is it going to be taxed? 100% tax like my 401k, 85% of my Social Security is taxable in most cases, and um, you know, how, how much am I going to owe Uncle Sam every year? And then you've got to take that, add your health insurance costs that you're not thinking about, and you've got to project that forward with at least 3% inflation. That means about every 18 years, your income needs are going to double. Not immediately. They slowly double you know, at 3% a year with inflation, but you've got to have that detailed budget. Detailed budget's not a lot of fun, and a lot of what you just said there, Chad, it, it kind of, we gloss over, right? Like, yeah. where, what dollar comes from where? Like, 
I don't think most people grasp that concept, think that concept. Yeah, it's, um, you know, our client wealth management site that we do, the, the financial plans always updated and live online, does the same type of thing that a mint.com or, uh, does where you can, you know, log in all your credit cards and your bank accounts and it'll track your spending. So all you have to do is take, you know, be diligent and spend an hour a week for the first, you know, uh, two or three months to get everything itemized. And after that, it pretty much does it for you. So it just takes a little bit of time. And what's an hour a week for, you know, a couple of months in order to make sure you're on track for retirement? If you're, you know, that lazy, you can't do at least that, you probably shouldn't retire. You should probably just keep working. Some other mistakes that people make, and again, I, I like your concept of working as long as you can, just for the social aspect in retirement, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a big problem. That's one of the big mistakes, too, that, that I have on my list is that people retire without that idea of how they're going to spend their time. Yeah. You know, they don't have hobbies. They don't have um, charitable things that they like to do, in other words, volunteer work. And they just turn into a miser because they spend all this time feeding this asset that grows and grows and grows. But they, they're feeding it with their paycheck all the time. And then all of a sudden they retire. It's a limited resource that they're looking at. And then they also don't have any other hobbies. So what they end up doing is just focusing too much on the day-to-day movements of their portfolio rather than enjoying life. Do so, you find people like that? Uh, a lot. It's a huge transition. We've talked about this before. It's like a bigger transition for a lot of people than a divorce or being empty nesters is that transition from being needed um, in a key position in some sort of a company to now I'm just a retired person that's supposed to go enjoy life. But I've been working you know, 12 to 14 hours a day for the last 40 years. Now what? So there's a feeling of you know, loss of uh, being a viable person because they just don't have any other hobbies. So you've, a lot of people need to really focus on transitioning into retirement so they can enjoy it. Um, so there's that. I see a big range of people. There's those that become misers and very unhappy. And then there's those that spend way over their budget in the first few years of retirement because they, they're so happy to be retired, they're not paying attention to anything, and they're spending too much money, and they're not tracking their expenses. And that's, that's an almost bigger risk because, you know, the more you leave in your portfolio, the, you, the more you have 35 years of compound returns to help you out. So if you pull too much out in the early years, that can have a devastating effect on how much is left over when you're 80 years old. Retirement doesn't sound like fun to me. It, it can be. You just, you know, the, the more detailed your financial plan is, the more you can have a comfort level of knowing where every dollar is going to come from over a five to ten year period, you have a detailed income sheet, a detailed tax projection, and your portfolio is set up the right way so you can know you can hedge you know, at least five to seven years worth of income needs regardless of what the stock market's doing, it's actually pretty enjoyable. It just takes a little bit of work and it takes, you know, prepping for a financial plan and gathering all that data takes some homework, but once you get it done, um, it, it makes you feel a lot better. You can sleep a lot easier at night. I won't work till the day I die. Like, you scared me about retirement to the point that I don't want to think about these thoughts. I just want to work till I die. You'll probably keel over on the microphone and be the best radio show ever. I've promised not to do on radio at television. I've promised my management in television that I'll die on air. <laughs> it's in the contract. It's in the contract, so. And the devil is in the details. Anything else that we need to know, Mr. Burton? Um, you know, there's, there's several other mistakes, but a lot of it, there's, there's also on the idea of spending too much or too little in the beginning. There's also those that invest too 
conservatively and they can't ever keep up with inflation, especially where bond rates are, okay. or, or if there's a period of high inflation and they are invested too heavily in bond funds, they could actually lose money, lose principal. Um, so you have to have a real balanced portfolio. So what you have to do is kind of think of it as take your three years' worth of portfolio draws, and that's one you know, pot that you draw from, and then you've got to feed that with your balanced portfolio. And so it means you need to you or your advisor needs to be proactive on peeling the gains and continuing to replenish that level of cash when you have good quarters in the market. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Find me at Twitter handle, Rob Black Show. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Subscribe to it. Please, 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 please. You can also find me online at robblack.com. Coming up, I'm going to talk Albert Einstein, one of the smartest men ever. What's he mean to me and why? Plus more on the markets and investing. Here's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. That's the Crystal Fighters at home. The Crystal Fighters at home. Um, British, Spanish, it's called Folktronica. Who would have ever known that you can come up with a new word? I mean, let's just keep making up new words. Let's mash up words and make them up. Folktronica. I know you're saying, sounds like the band was formed, uh, kind of thrown together, right? It's three men, three women, old friends who've just met, instruments and style. It's mesmeric. It's passionate, much like myself. And that's all I got for you. All I got for you. Um, They've played with Jules Holland, which, if you got Palladia, Palladia is what MTV should be all about, and it is MTV-owned. Palladia is that concert channel. that It's rocket. Like, you could actually see a great concert on your digital cable or your digital satellite channel instead of watching the crap that they kick out of MTV these days. There's like one right now that MTV show that's all about rednecks in West Virginia doing stunts. I mean, that's... Mm, you lost me on that one. You lost me on that one. Uh, what else do I have for you? But anyway, mesmeronic. Mesmeronic and uh, what's the other word? Folktronica. Folktronica. So to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got an email from someone who doesn't quite get what I mean 
by an extra 2% in payroll tax hurts poor people a lot more than wealthy people. That's how bad our math system is in the United States. That's how bad it is. People trying to live off 30000 and they get taxed an extra 2%. People trying to live off 60000 get taxed an extra 2%. People get, live off 120000 and they only get taxed off 2% up to the first 100000 People living off 200000 only get taxed up to 2% on that first 100000 The tax hits that we just approved far, far help the wealthy more so than the poor or middle class in the United States. It wasn't that bad for the wealthy. Now, again, where do you stand on this? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you going to fight with me? Are you going to go, I'm a, I'm a Democrat. We won. We taxed those wealthy. No, you didn't. The burden really fell on the poor and the middle class more so than the wealthy. Now, the uber wealthy, it's more of an ouch. But it's still not an ouch to the, ouch to the levels of, well, it is kind of an ouch to the level of Clinton era. But that's the uber wealthy. So anyway, that's what you got here. We got an up market today. We got the S P five hundred up three, the Nasdaq up fractions, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average up twenty one. Best Buy is angry. This is a cute story. Best Buy is angry. Why? Best Buy is angry because do you remember that uh Walmart said they're gonna sell the iPhone for iPhone five for hundred and twenty seven bucks? Well, Best Buy matches prices. And they can't afford to. That's one of the few areas where they get fat margins. Walmart knows if you walk into a Walmart, there's a pretty good chance you're walking out with something you didn't want to buy. There's a pretty good chance you're walking out with something that was probably made in China for three cents. They're selling you for three bucks. You know my, my Christmas wish for next year? My Christmas wish for next year is that... uh People stop buying junk at Christmas for people. Seriously, look at it. If it's a flashlight that looks like it was made for three bucks and it's selling for eight bucks, don't buy it. Buy quality, not quantity. Fewer more than 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 more. Quality over quantity. Absolutely. I don't have that much else for you today. Um, it took Wired Magazine 20 years to get 50% of their ad sales from the web. That's almost ironic. Wired Magazine was first published in 1993, built to cover new technology. It's my favorite airplane magazine. Of course, I could follow that up right next to Jugs. And this time I'm not going to explain the Jugs joke other than to, I oh, will. It's Byzantine pottery. Really turned on by Byzantine pottery. So it took Wired Magazine 20 years to get 50% of its ad sales from the web. Now, I threw out a statistic earlier in the show that it, uh, mobile advertising is going to grow four times in the next four years. And that's why you want exposure to some of those companies. Right? You with me? You against me? I think the market moves higher this year. I think it's going to be a market of fits and starts. I think the employment number is going to be the number one thing that we pay attention to this year. And when the employment number looks bad, I think you're going to see the market kind of like get all chewy. When the employment number looks good, I think you're going to see the market get all happy. We kind of Germany's getting healthier. Japan's getting healthier. I mean, the numbers aren't lying. China's growing. Sometimes the numbers lie. I don't want to be like that, that congressperson. When, was it Obama who was talking that he just yelled out, you lie. Sometime I want to see a number and just go, you lie. 
totally out of out of context. Disparity. That's the word of the day. Disparity. So back to Wired Magazine. It gets half of its sales revenues from online sales. Usually the magazine gets most of its ad dollars from print. The majority of sales until 2012 come from old-fashioned printed page ads. Interesting note. Again, it's my favorite magazine to read when flying, which I'm flying a lot these days. Oh, payrolls in the United States climbed 155,000 as the jobless rate held steady at 7.8%. That's interesting to note. Why? In large part, 7.8% is an unacceptable number. It's stunning that President Barack Obama got reelected with those numbers. That tells you how much the Republicans are out of favor or out of sync with women and with minorities. Payrolls rose by 155,000 workers last month, following a revised 161,000 advance in November. That was more than initially expected. Labor market should strengthen in the months ahead. I feel pretty good about this year. I feel less good about 2014. Just throwing it out there for you. Now that you know. I told you I'd talk a little bit about um, my buddy. Albert Einstein. There was a question, though. Did he, dis- did he suffer from a neurological disorder? He had a powerful distaste of authority, his teacher said. He had late developing speech. That's very s- symptomatic of autism or Asperger's syndrome. Throughout his childhood and adult life, he didn't exhibit any other behavior that would be typical of such a diagnosis. He had no difficulty communicating with others. But he disliked authority. Oh, good God. Haven't we put Bill on suspension? Let's go to Bill in Roanoke Park. Hi, Rob. I don't think I'm on suspension for any reason. Okay. Anyway, uh, i got a question. I'm one of the lucky ones. I own New York Stock Exchange. And uh, evidently, they're going to be bought out by ICE, uh, Intercontinental Exchange. And uh, I had bought uh, NYSE for its dividend, and uh, ICE doesn't pay one. Uh, They're going to uh, offer a straight stock exchange or cash and stock or total cash. And uh, I'm wondering what might be the best uh, road to pursue if if the exchange... if the merger does go through. Have you looked at the fundamentals of ICE yet? Uh, somewhat. I'm starting to, to do that. Okay. Um, I'll talk a little bit about ICE. And this was a classic example of the NYSE didn't update their technology fast enough and Intercontinental Exchange did. And this was a stunning acquisition that happened. Thanks for the call. NYSE surged 34% after being agreed to be acquired by the Intercontinental Exchange. I think Intercontinental is like an eight-year-old company, and NYSE is a 200-year-old company. Uh, One analyst has recently downgraded Intercontinental. They see a $33 price tag on it. Um, No, no, excuse me. Price tag on uh, NYSE. 37% premium. Let's see if I can get anything else for you out of this. I'm looking at the um, analyst commentary first, and then I'm going to take a look at some of the fundamentals on it. 
Let's see if I can't go back to their last earnings report. NYSE shareholders will own about 36% of Intercontinental Post transaction, credit facilities. I think one of the things that you said was that you owned it for the dividend. So maybe instantly you drop ICE and go for another dividend play that is similar to the one you had. Certainly market making is not going to go away. Certainly ICE has done a lot of things correctly. Um, ice futures, ice market clearinghouses. Yeah, I don't have a problem with ice in any way, shape, or form. Let me see if I can pull up anything else. It's got a high valuation right now, and it's going to have a higher valuation. That's something you should be really aware of, really conscious of. It's trading at roughly 15 times next year's PE. I'd take a look at some other financials, maybe, if you're looking for similar type dividends. Regions Financial, I think, looks real attractive. Um, I think the Goldman Sachs looks real attractive. Morgan Stanley looks okay. Uh, Bank of America, I think, looks real attractive in the world of finances. Uh, Intercontinental kind of represent markets, so it's a little bit different, but kind of similar. So- AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Good morning, Mr. Daryl Clow. Stocks move higher. The S&P 500 index heading for its biggest weekly rally in 13 months. In terms of dealing with spending cuts now. The S&P minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I think the biggest mistakes that investors make is is one of the biggest questions you should have. I think probably, in my opinion, is not budgeting what they're going to need in retirement. Because if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a number, you can't set a goal. You have to have time. You have to have temperament. You have to remember that you're an investor, not a speculator. Fish or people, what's it from? I don't even remember finding Nemo. You have to have something you could reaffirm yourself with. I am an investor, not a speculator. You've got to buy stocks and businesses that you would want to own. I'm always stunned by the 60-year-old woman who wants to go out and buy stock in you know companies like holy mackerel uh red hat software now it may be a winner winner chicken dinner but she doesn't even know much about the business right i assume anyone over 60 can barely get online i don't mean that in a bad way i just i've seen people over 60 lurch in a mouse kind of like it's 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 an animal they're trying to swat at I'd rather that 60-year-old woman say, you know what? When I was a little girl, I remember that Carl Rove or Carl somebody did an American Express commercial. And look, they're still in business. People make a big mistake trying to time the market. I've never met a market timer worth a million dollars. The ones that I have met, Chicago and New York, they're working for big firms. You need to focus on the value of the business you're investing in, not focus on the day-to-day movement of stocks. 
Warren Buffett, he may have said this or may not. I may be making this up. But he said, pretend like you only have 20 investments in your lifetime, and you'll be a good investor. The people who are out there who say buy and hold is, is, is buy and hold, they're, they're idiots. They're fools. They're monkeys. They're trying to get your business. They're trying to scare you. Turn off the noise. I'm noise on financials. I know that. You don't need me after a certain point. You definitely don't need CNBC. It does you no good. Fixating on markets, minute-to-minute news, it's news. It's not financials. It doesn't yield. And it may even stress you out. Stay strong, think long. You know, Mark Dannon works at Channel 4 Cron, gave me crap this morning because I own shares of Apple. He's like, it's down 24% from its all-time high. I didn't buy it at its all-time high, monkey. I'm up 31% last year. I'm actually up this year, all things considered. But don't judge your portfolios from all-time highs. Don't judge your portfolios from all-time lows. Spread out your risk. I own some financial stocks. I own some tech stocks. I own some international I own some Asia. I own eh, maybe a little Europe. I own some small cap, mid cap, large cap. I own some cash. Distract yourself with something useful. You know, yesterday in this segment, I think I said, uh, pretend time matters. Act as if every conversation you have matters. Act as if everything you do today, when you find yourself on the Internet, find, like, I love Mark Cuban. I think Mark Cuban recently said he's going to start calling Facebook Facebutt. I hate Facebook. I don't want to be on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. But one thing I won't do is hunt down old girlfriends, hunt down old friends. You know, I caught myself doing that once. I, I, I guess when Facebook first came out, I hunted down my old friend John Elms, who was a nuclear scientist, literally a nuclear scientist. And I hadn't talked to him in like 12, 13 years. And what I remembered when I was looking at pictures of his kids, I was like, cute, cute. His wife, she got big. Um, I, I haven't talked to him in 12, 13 years for a reason. I didn't really like him all that much. He was there during my college years or whatever. He was, blah. But I didn't really need to waste all that time looking at his kids. You know, watching the stock tick up one-eighth of a point or one-fourth of a point, you're doing yourself a disservice. Don't be an investment fool. Get good at this stuff. You know, a 30-year-old woman with $30,000, that's not enough money. Let's say she's single and 30 years old and she's got $30,000. So that's going to put her roughly at 38 with 60 if she doesn't contribute anymore. Let's say she loses her job or she gets married and suddenly uh, she has a baby and she doesn't go back to work for a little while. Babies are expensive. So by the age of 60, her money should probably be around 500000 That sounds like a lot of money, right? That's nothing. That's $50,000 a year for 10 years in the simplest form. So when she's 70, she's got nothing but, Right? Now, let's say she has a, a roof collapse or a car crash, something that's more than $50,000 a year. Now, again, if she's 
obese, yeah, maybe she will die by 70. Social Security is going to add maybe 10000 15000 And it's probably going to be delayed for a woman who's 30 years old. And a kid, for that 30-year-old woman, is going to cost 250000 So when she, her investments, when she turns 60, will be worth nothing because 250000 will go from 0 to 17 of raising that kid. 250000 will go from for its college. So she'll have nothing at 60. One of the biggest mistakes people make is not having enough money in retirement. And can you live off 50000 Not in the Bay Area. Can you in Seattle? Some parts of it. You can't live well. You can't travel well. Another mistake people make is trying to invest too often. You know, I, it's time for me to buy. It's time for me to go. It's time for me to do this. Ignore the rest of the world. Come up with a plan. You can find me at robblack.com. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be back on Monday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.